All right, welcome to episode 14 of the Woke Antidote, coming to you midweek here because there is so much wokeness going on in this world, even after a great show that we had TV last row. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it really is pretty uh, an amazing feeling for us because like we've said before, this started as just kind of a passion project for us, but just to kind of give you a little uh, peek underneath the hood, um, this was our best week performance-wise uh, by far. Uh, we just just uh, rocked, uh, really rocked up, and all the the views that we got, um, literally hundreds of views within the past week, which is significantly higher than what we're used to. So clearly, it's showing that our message is uh, is resonating with people, and also, you know, just want to thank all of you for. You know, continuing to to stick with us and 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 listen to the show and share it with your friends. Um, obviously, the numbers show that um, you know we have a, a pretty loyal base. So, uh, you know, I know we're both deeply appreciative for that, and we love making this content for you. And we hope that we can keep this going for uh, for for years on end. But uh, TB, this is a pretty exciting times for us. Yeah, and I think there's a couple elements where there's just so much interest in this because. We're living in this incredibly woke world, but there's also just this incredible amount of wokeness going on where we're getting topics coming in all the time. So it's, it really falls into place with us where, I mean, we're doing the show twice a week now. We could probably even do a daily show at one point. So when we're, uh, when we're on Fox Nation in a couple of years doing a daily show, don't say that uh, we didn't warn you, but we, we want to start today with the our, our top story. This became an immediate top story when it came out. The libs of TikTok account being doxxed. So, TB, I want to give you the floor here. You you love this uh, account, as do I. But um, just, just what the heck happened here? Yeah, I mean, this was absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, for a quick recap... Uh, basically, uh, the Washington Post and specifically their uh, their terrible reporter, Taylor Lorenz, um, she uh, I'm going to do a little background on her in, in a bit, but um, she basically uh, coordinated with Media Matters, which everyone knows the lovely folks over there, um, and they doxed the the owner behind Libs of TikTok. And uh, if, for those who don't know Libs of TikTok, it's a. Uh, a very popular Twitter account. It all it does is it shares uh, crazy TikToks that the the uh, the administrator finds on TikTok or people that send it to her. So it's kind of in the vein of a defiant else. They're not really saying anything, making commentary. They're just bringing to light what the crazy woke people are saying out in the internet. Uh, so that way you people can realize what's being said. And a lot of their recent uh, TikToks are about what kind of these crazy teachers are saying about wanting to share uh, their sexual uh, lies with their students or teach them certain things that are just like way, uh, way crazy. So uh, what they did is they did a hit piece on this owner, identified her name in the article. They, they included a link to her uh, professional account. So they identified her as a real estate agent in Brooklyn, New York. They identified her as an Orthodox Jew. I have no idea why her religion is any, is relevant at all, uh, but they, they identified that. And then furthermore, Taylor Lorenz 
then showed up to the homes of relatives of this uh, of the lives of TikTok uh, account owner. So this was just incredibly, incredibly ridiculous and disgusting. And, you know, this type of story, it really validates why TB and I have chosen to be anonymous on this show. We truly wish that we, we didn't have to do this. We wish that we could tell you who we were, who we are and have a more per- personal connection with you. But we, we can't because we live in this world where the left and, you know, specifically the woke mob will seek to ruin your life. And we're not anonymous because we're afraid of what we're saying or ashamed or, um, you know, we don't or anything like that. If you listen to the show, you know that nothing that we say is based in hate. We're pretty, you know, pretty nice, pretty agreeable people. We're pretty accepting. You know, we, we, we take a critical eye of things, but at no point do we say people should be ostracized or, you know, any violence done to them. Not at all. We're, we're, we're very accepting people. We're very rational, uh, might I say. But just simply because we're saying conservative things, things that are not woke, there's going to be someone out there who's going to go crazy and hate what we're saying and then try to take things that we say out of context and send it to our employers, send it to uh, our neighbors, our friends, like really try to, to smear us. And, you know, this is just an example of that is and it's really sad that this is the world that we've come to. Um, but it's, it's even more frustrating because the person who launched the smear campaign, Taylor Lorenz, she was just on MSNBC a couple of weeks ago where she was literally crying on, uh, on MSNBC about the harassment that she's gotten, uh, because of, you know, her, her career and, uh, what she's done as a journalist for the Washington post. And she was saying how horrible it is and all that. But literally, Taylor Lorenz's career has been finding people's TikToks and Twitter accounts and doxing them and ruining their lives. Like this, she's done this for her entire career, and she's doing it now that lives at TikTok. So she's just an absolute hypocrite. And she, she really is just a vile person. Like She's just truly just, just not a good person uh, at all. She seeks to ruin people's lives. She doesn't bring anything of value to the world. Um, and just for some background on her, um, she grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut. So if you're not from the Northeast, um, Greenwich is, I believe it's one of the most expensive zip codes in America. It might be uh, the most expensive, that it's uber, uber wealthy. So she grew up in Greenwich. Then she went to a Swiss boarding school growing up. Then she went to uh, the University of Colorado uh, and then transferred to Hobart uh, and William Smith. So it's a uh, it's a very small uh, private school in upstate New York. Um, I know people who have gone there. It is one of the most expensive schools in the country. So we've talked about this on one of our last episodes, but she is the personification of the ultimate woke uh, college-educated person. So these are people who are your consummate trust fund babies. They've been given everything in life, absolutely rich, can enjoy all the excesses and luxuries that life has to offer. As they grow up and they get a little bit of college education, they learn about how hated the rich are and how, you know, what the colleges teach them as, you know, the rich being predatory uh, towards uh, the poor and, and, and working class people. So in order for them to redeem themselves and feel justified about the silver spoon they've been given in life, they decide to go super woke. So then all of a sudden they can transform themselves into some savior, into some 
to some great person that's worthy of admiration and they completely try to, to, to change that, that script about who they are and how they live their life. And Taylor Lorenz is an exact example of that. Uh, she's just, again, a horrible person. Um, it, it's, it's really disgusting that they're, they're trying to silence a conservative voice. And again, all they're doing is just sharing videos and, and posts that are have been made publicly available by other people so it's not even like they're they're uh making any judgments or statements about these people they're literally just sharing it so th- that they're bringing to light to people so they can make judgments for themselves and apparently that's seen as some brutally bigoted thing um so you know there, there's there's absolutely no place for this Taylor Lorenz, she has no journalistic integrity. She's crossed a line where, you know, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the in favor of censorship at all. But for someone like that, you almost have to wonder, you know, someone like that, is she even worthy of having a journalistic license uh, to, to print things like that when the only objective is to hurt people? So, um, yeah, that, that was disgusting. Uh, TB, what do you think about the whole situation? Yeah, so... I, I think to to finish up on Taylor and then I'll I'll give my angle on it. This was a tweet from her only a couple hours ago where she says that the amount of insane stuff that's happened over the past 24 hours has been unbelievable. It's eye-opening to see how sophisticated and vicious these coordinated attacks have become. So the person that actually should have been tweeting that is the libs of TikTok account because there is a coordinated hit piece by taylor lorenz doxing the account so i don't know if she's some sort of psychopath and she doesn't feel like she's actually the one doxing she feels like she's the one that uh has has the pain and the issues here but uh, unbelievable that that could actually be tweeted out but um yeah i i think you you hit on so many good points the the fact that it's not even someone that's making their own content. It's simply revealing what a certain group of people are doing. And the the libs, this is in line with what we talk about a lot in the pod of they don't really want any dissent. They don't want people knowing what they're doing and us calling it out. So it's not even that this account was was making harsh statements to these people. The account was simply sharing it. So I don't think that this doxing campaign it shouldn't have happened anyway, even if someone was making, you know, pretty, pretty nasty statements, but they weren't. Um, I think the broader angle for me is that Taylor and this is not only her, it's all types of journalists. They think that they can do certain things. They have certain privileges because they're a journalist, almost journalistic privilege, if if you will. And that differs than everyday citizens. So the journalist can dox you, but you can't respond to the journalist. And, you know, this reminds me of CNN. You mentioned Taylor going to people's houses. There was a meme made, you know, maybe about, I don't, I think it was a Trump fan making a meme about a Democrat in 2016, 2017. I remember CNN went to this person's house. So what what kind of world are we living in when you can't even joke uh, where you have this massive media corporation essentially hunting you down? I mean, that CNN's a very powerful company. And it goes back to, you know, if if I think about Trump running in 2015, 2016, 
you know, he, he said a lot of stuff that people got up in arms about and at least initially wasn't popular, maybe caught people's attention. And I, I agree with, with a lot of what he said. I also think that a lot of what he did was to get that attention. And he goes a little bit overboard at first to, to pique your interest. And then he reels it back in a little bit. And one of the things he said during the campaign was that he wanted to change the libel laws so that you could essentially sue journalists, I think, for spreading fake news. And that got people all up in arms about journalistic freedom and Trump's doesn't support the free press and, and all this ridiculousness stuff. You know, everybody listening's heard it. But what, what Trump's point here, I really think, was is that if you're the press, you shouldn't have a license to just substantially lie about someone. So, you know, think about the Washington Post. They're making up um, most likely these all these these unnamed, quote unquote, sources about the Trump administration saying that, you know, the administration's in, in crisis and in turmoil. How many of those statements and articles did we get from them from the New York Times, whereas Trump would always deny it. And Biden, Biden and Kamala, they're seeing people leave their administration every single day almost. Like how many people have left Kamala Harris's staff? Um, Biden, we, we know he's a joke. So the actual crisis happening is, is in Biden uh, administration, but yet we don't hear that. So it, it, you shouldn't be allowed to just lie for a living if you're a journalist. There should be consequences for those actions. And I think it goes back to this, this general piece by Taylor. If you are going to aggressively pursue a doxing of someone, you should be ready for a kickback because that's what's going to happen. People are not going to be happy about it. And she's here acting like she's all innocent, just doing her job. When, as you said earlier, her, her job is doxing people on, on TikTok and social media. I think I remember uh, another one of the things she did was she found Kellyanne Conway's daughters on TikTok that were liberal, that were against Trump, and probably caused a whole host of family issues for that family. And I'm pretty sure the daughters were not below 18 or were below 18 at that point. So she's basically taken on teenagers who don't deserve this. So yeah, TB, I, I, I just think that as a society, we, we need to ask ourselves, do we really want these quote unquote journalists being above everybody else? Because right now that's what they are. And they're leading us down a pretty negative path right now. They absolutely are. Um, you know, journalism used to be about sharing the news objectively, just stating facts and letting people make decisions for their life about for themselves, about how they're going to react to it and what they'll do with that information. Now, journalism has moved into the arena of activism. And, you know, what Taylor Lorenz is doing, if you read the article, um, which, of course, is behind a paywall, so classic Washington Post, but... Um, I did see people did pull up transcripts from it. Um, so I was able to read a majority of the article and her attacks on libs of TikTok. It's not based on any fact. Uh, it's not, it's, it's all just conjecture. Uh, it's her jumping to conclusions and assumptions about how bigoted this person is saying how her sharing these TikToks is forming Repu like the way Republican politicians govern. That's a pretty 
you know, if you if you study law or logic, you know, that's a pretty uh, strong uh, jump to to conclusion. Um, that's a, that's a lot of uh, logical fallacies there, uh, but she she still employs that uh, that type of uh, attack, and you know it, it really it serves no purpose in other being inflammatory and just trying to ruin people's lives. That's ultimately what she's trying to do. And again, as I said, you can't go on MSNBC and cry and you know cry victim, you know t- say how everyone's so mean to you and that your life has been changed because you get all this harassment. When it's literally karma, she's getting exactly what she's dished out in, in the world. So she deserves every every bit of it. Um, you know, I have zero sympathy for for someone like her. Uh, so she absolutely deserves it. Um, you know, and now that this person uh, who owns uh, lives a TikTok, now that her identity has been uh, revealed, I hope if anything, this just galvanizes her and gives her more strength and confidence to continue doing what she's doing. Maybe she'll do a better job at it because she doesn't have to worry about being anonymous anymore. Um, you know, it's important that society sees the things that are, that are happening because the biggest, the biggest thing is uh, the, the left will say, Oh, we're not teaching this stuff in school or we're not doing these things. But the second that a, someone on the right points it out that it is happening, they get mad at you and say, oh, why are you paying attention? And, you know, why, 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 are, you, why are you bringing this up? Um, so it's important that we have accounts like this that call it out so that we can see that, you know, regardless of what your politicians and media are telling you, here is the truth. Uh, and it's, it's really important that we have that. Um, and, and, and that goes for the left as well. Like, you know, they should have every right to do that as well. Uh, we've been very fair on the show and we'll continue to do so. But yeah, TB, it's just gone too crazy. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think that what the main purpose of this doxing attempt was to shut down the account. She wanted to intimidate. And by she, it's really the people running the Washington Post, probably the Washington Post, the, the part of the liberal elite consciousness formation whatever you want to call it of the country they don't like this account the account's mega popular I, what is it at 700 800 followers now i think it gained 150 to 200,000 in the past couple of days because people are interested in this stuff they don't the, the libs of tiktok account that doesn't show up anywhere else besides i think tucker will will cover it occasionally he'll get some he'll get some content from that but you're not going to see what Libs of Tatak is showing. You're not going to see that on MSNBC or CNN, but you're also not going to see it on your ABCs and your CBS's broadcast. So the only place to actually see how crazy some of these Libs are, and especially the Lib teachers, as you mentioned, the only place to do it is Twitter. And what what happens? The account's getting too big. More and more people are knowing what's going to happen. They want to shut it down. Same thing with the Board of Education. Protests there are getting too big. What does the government do? They send in the FBI and they call the people protesting at school boards domestic terrorists. So it, the, the left wants to operate in the shadows and they want us to, to not notice what they're doing. And you know what? I, I'm damn well going to notice it. And I'm happy that... It looks like the person behind this account is going to continue running it because we need more people taking on the left. And TB, speaking of people taking on the left, 
Ron DeSantis lately, he he has been crushing it. So we're going to move on to Woke in the Wild here. And before we get to a couple of new ones, we got to give an update because we talked about DeSantis taking on Disney a couple pods ago. And he is so sick of Woke Disney. He says, Disney, it's in Florida. It's not going to boss us around. Well, TB, what's happened with DeSantis is that Disney decades ago has this benefit with the state special legislation where they can essentially run a part of the state for their own doing and they can pretty much do whatever they want there. They, they benefit massively financially from it. And DeSantis noticed that and said, you know what? We're taking that away. And I think right now it's um, very close to being signed. I believe it has been passed by the Florida State Legislature. So, TV, I mean, you were the guy that argued for DeSantis over Trump in yep. our debate several episodes ago. Um, not that I don't like DeSantis either. He he takes on the left and he piles up the W's. He doesn't get into a fight that he can't lose. He he surveys the playing field. He understands where he can make that move and he does it. And I'm just loving this. Yeah, Ron DeSantis, my man. I mean, how can you not love this guy? He he has to be the best politician in America. He just gets results and he he stands by his convictions. He doesn't take any crap from the media. Um, he and, and he actually backs up what he says. So, you know what, Disney World, if you want to say all these, you know, crappy things about Florida and and decide to go super woke. Well, I guess you're not going to like those uh, tax exempt statuses anymore and your ability to self-govern. So that's an absolute great retaliation. Um, You know, there's no place for for woke ideologies like that in children's movies or anything like that. So the fact that Disney's even perpetuating that and and trying to defend it is is ludicrous. But, you know, good for good for Ron DeSantis. Uh, I mean, he just validates even more why I want him to win the nomination in in, in 24. Um, He like I said, he is. A, you know, if you like Trump policy wise, he will be very similar, but he just, you know, he, he is very logical. He's very even keel. Um, he's just a, a very articulate and it's very hard to, you know, smear and take someone down like that because he doesn't come across from a position of emotion. He's just logical, factual and action oriented. And that's what you need in the leader. So I, seeing all this Ron DeSantis news, it just makes me want him to be president even more. Um, he, he just, as you said, TB, he just keeps, uh, SB, he just keeps uh, stacking up the W's and uh, he just keeps killing it in, in Florida. So I, I want more of it. Yeah, no, I, um, I could not agree more. And we'll have to uh, revisit that debate at some point, potentially, uh, if both of them are running in 24. But Moving on with Woke in the Wilds, a uh, crazy story out there. And TV, I think like a story like this is, is why we do the pod. So all wo- women's prison and there are two pregnancies at this prison. So it's just it's the ultimate clown world. America in 2022, no one apparently was was able to stop this from happening, but why are we allowing this to happen? And and it kind of goes back to the the previous topic with DeSantis when when he's taken on Disney. DeSantis is saying, 
we don't need to be teaching this stuff to young kids because that's not right. Well, if we have women's prisons, we should not be putting men in these prisons. If, if you have specifically identified a, pr- a prison as being a woman's prison, you're not going to put men in there. But what, what happens is that the society has gone so far woke that no one can stand up and say that, you know what? No, we're not doing this. This person is a man just playing pretend as a woman. So I, I think this is it's a perfect sign that we're we're deep into it, TB, and I'm, I'm not sure when we're getting out of it. Yeah, in, in a vacuum, someone could say, why are we even talking about this? Why does this story matter? And uh, standing alone, I would agree with you. It doesn't matter. It's a silly story. It's it's messed up. But, you know, ultimately, why are we spending so much? Why are we wasting so much time and energy on it? But the reason why it does matter and why we decided to cover it is because we've talked about this before. When you allow any elements of wokeism to you know, permeate your society, it, you, know, you give them an inch and they take a mile. So when you allow things like this to happen, it really does ruin the, the moral fiber of society. It has deeper ramifications. And we've pointed to examples of that where we have places like a Portland, Oregon, which decide to go woke, and uh, this is unrelated, but similar, uh, similar kind of uh, logic here. They decide to go soft on drugs. So people can now do hard drugs like cocaine, heroin, uh, and they're not going to go to jail for it. Uh, in fact, the government is sponsoring things where they will give clean versions of these drugs to them. So just continuing to feed the addiction. And now if you go to Portland, Oregon, it's a tent city. It's disgusting. And uh, it's just it's anarchy there. And there's plenty of other cities like that in America. But it's a microcosm. The story of a, of the, the inmate impregnating other women. It's a microcosm of just the kind of absurdity that we allow to happen. And it, it, at a certain point, you have to say, like, we're living in the clown world. Like, we, we really just have to, like, stop with this. Um, you know, we can't. You know, there's there's science. There's facts. You can't you can't ignore that. Um, I'm all for you know respecting people's feelings and all that. Sure, but you got to draw the line somewhere. In this case with the prison, when when you're literally having someone who's an, a biological male impregnating other women, I think it's safe to say that person isn't acting like a woman anymore. SB. So we we got to stop this nonsense. Yeah, it's it's unreal. It's just common sense, and you know you you kind of touched on it in the beginning of the pod, like we're, we're average guy, we're everyday average, normal guys. I mean, we're not out here with some crazy views, but as, as the society shifts further and further, it makes it seem like we are. So, you know, and another, another view that, uh, I don't think is too crazy. T- TB, what, what do you think about, uh, smoking on planes? Do you think that's uh, reasonable now? <laughs> yeah. So what SB is referencing is, uh, an example of just the absolute meltdown from uh, the the media as well as uh, the blue checkmark brigade from the left in uh, reaction to uh, the a federal uh, judge from Florida, actually. So yet again, another nod to the best state in America. Uh, they struck down the mask mandate, saying it was unconstitutional what the CDC did, and it's time to end it. Um, fo- shortly following that, 
major airlines decided to end the mask mandate. Um, Uber ended the mask mandate uh, in New Jersey. Uh, they ended the mandate uh, for all their transportation. I'm not sure about the subway in New York City, but uh, regardless, major modes of transportation, you no longer have to wear a mask. I have a flight on this on this coming uh, Friday. I am so ecstatic not to wear a mask. I, I you know, it, I know it seems silly, but after the past two years of lunacy, it's such a good feeling. And what we're seeing on, on social media is from normal people, and you don't even know what political affiliation they are. It doesn't matter what their affiliation is, but you just see the pure joy and happiness in these videos when their pilots announced the other day that the mandate ended and people are literally cheering. The pilots are cheering. The staff is cheering. Everyone's happy. Um, and then you go onto social media and you see all these these people just lashing out, <clears throat> all upset by this. So one, the, the tweet that SB was referencing, uh, this one woman said uh, she's going to start smoking cigarettes on planes because clearly the, the these plane companies don't care about uh, people's public safety. So su- such an absolute stretch. Obviously, smoking is a completely different story uh, versus COVID, which was uh, scientifically proven not to spread um, at all, really, on planes um, with the help of healthy filters and all that. So that was just absurd. There was other uh, there was two other tweets I saw uh, amongst a bevy of you know thousands of them just like this, but these two stuck out to me. So one said, "I can't stop thinking about people who may have chosen to book and board this flight based on the personal risk assessment that involved everyone being masked, and then mid-flight in all caps when it was physically impossible to leave, that element of their risk assessment was upended." So that was a beauty. The second one is from a doctor. So that kind of concerns me that we have folks like this in our medical field. But uh, his name is Jeremy Faust. Um, He tweeted at United Airlines saying, when I bought my tickets for me, my wife who is pregnant and our unvaccinated four-year-old, I assumed you would continue to have a mask mandate. Now you cancel it and we will have to board our return flight under your, your uh, your new no mask required policy. Thanks so much. And when I look at this, I just have to shake my head because these people are choosing to continue to live their lives in fear. And like, can you just imagine just always being afraid, always just scared of this boogeyman, the COVID going to get you, um, always, you know, never wanting to leave your home or always having to wear a mask. Like at a certain point, you, you just have to say enough, like p- these people who are still saying this, they clearly have some form of, um, uh, just like mental distress or uh, or problems going on, where they're just constantly living in fear, and that they've they've become hypochondriacs. That's that's all this this is now. Um, when the data is pointing to COVID becoming something that we're going to live with now, just like the flu, it's much less uh, you know deadly than it was before. The the death counts are are plummeting. Um, everyone pretty much got COVID during Omicron anyway, so people have the vaccines as well as the antibodies and the antibodies are actually better than the vaccine. So uh, we're now moving past this. It's time for a return to normalcy. It's, you know, it's time just to be like for common sense. And these people just choose to live in fear. They want to mask forever. And like, why are we listening to people like this? It's just, it's just absurd. Like if you, if you're scared and you still want to wear a mask, absolutely. Like God bless you. If that makes you comfortable, go for it. 
but why should you dictate what other people do just because of how you're feeling? It, 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 it really doesn't make any sense. Uh, SB, I know you are super pumped about this news, so uh, look, would love to hear your take. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that some people, they're just too far gone at this point because how does the ruling class, how do they make sure people stay in line? Fear. Fear is great for that. And if you turn on a CNN or an MSNBC, it's fear, fear, fear. What happened when Trump was running and uh, when, you know, I, I think basically they, 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 they had this CNN did right up until Biden took office. You watch CNN, it's got the case counts, the death counts, charts, everything. It's got everything about COVID up in the top right of the screen. Biden gets elected, all of a sudden that box is gone. I mean, I think they probably took it down the the, the exact day he was inaugurated. Um, whether it's <laughs> CNN having that Dr. Leanna Wen, the former CEO of Planned Parenthood, we talked about her a lot in the pod where she's been the one saying that kids as little as two should have N95 masks. I mean, th- this was some serious stuff. This This was you shouldn't be able to fly unless you're vaxxed and I'm sure she would say boosted soon after that. So just these insane things. And unfortunately what, what I do think has happened is that the, the fear campaign was so intense and it was done to help get Trump out in 2020. And it was done to, to kind of have control over the population in, in 2021 and beyond. And, you know, maybe they're trying to pull some people back from the ledge, but, it's too far gone. Media and government and dem politicians and maybe even some Republicans too, like you did the damage and you can't undo that damage. There's there's memes of the person wearing six masks and having all these vaccine shots in their brain. Um, you know, that's like not it, it, it was supposed to be funny. But, you know, we've seen people that are continuing to wear what is it, a mask with a visor over themselves? I mean, this is this is sad stuff, unfortunately. I, I don't want my fellow citizens living in a constant fear like this. And I think it's a similar concept to, I, you know, unfortunately, I think 40% to half the country, they're thinking that we have this Hitler-like figure with Trump on the right that half the country supports. Well, that's crazy. So the, the, the worst political uh, figure... In world history, um, they, they've been taught this. They've been taught that Trump is as bad as this guy. So the fear controls everything. You hate to see it. And that's why you're inevitably going to get people who, yeah, they're not going to take the mask off. You know, you've heard it that the mask to the lib is the Trump hat to the MAGA supporter. <laughs> that's really where we're at these days. So, yeah, I've uh, I thought those were hilarious TV and I just... Yeah, I'm um, I'm happy for you that in a couple of days you're you're going to be able to go maskless. It's going to feel good. Yeah, well, one of my predictions, and I hope I'm wrong actually, but I I just think it's going to happen is I think you'll start seeing videos of people uh, on planes fighting because someone who's a crazy hypochondriac <laughs> asking their neighbor to to mask up and the other person saying no, there's no mandate, I'm not going to, and then there's a fight. I guarantee you we're going to start seeing stuff like that. Um, like, you you can't just lit like, the world doesn't revolve around you. You can't expect 
that be, just because you have fears, then you then have to get people to, you know, uh, submit and then have to reorient their lives just to make you comfortable. Like that's, that's just not how life works. So I'm sorry. Like if you're not, if you're really that scared, then just don't fly. Uh, so like that's, uh, you know, it, just, you have alternatives. You can drive if you want to, it'll be a long trip depending on where you're going. But if you're truly that scared, then just, just don't fly anymore. Um, but no, I, I've, I've had it with these people. We've allowed them to have free reign for the last two years and tell, you know, dictate our lives and tell us to live in constant fear and shut down. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're past this. We are, we've learned to live with this now. We've gotten to a state where it's no longer dangerous. Um, so it's time to go back to normal. And if they choose not to, then uh, they can get nice and cozy in their doomsday shelters, wearing their masks, goggles and gloves. And uh, I'll continue to live outside and, and live my life. Uh, but anyways, um, I know SB, I know, uh, you know, we want to touch on this, too, because this has been such a major story uh, in, 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 in the news these days. Um, so we're going to build a, a lull period. It's kind of a wait and see what's going to happen. Like, will he or won't he in terms of Twitter, of Elon Musk taking over Twitter? So uh, SB, I, uh, I know you had a lot you wanted to share here, but you want to give, uh, give the audience a, a little update on uh, Elon Musk and Twitter? Yeah, so, so a couple things have happened <clears throat> since we last talked. So Elon, he is rumored to be getting together a tender offer for Twitter. So he tweeted some song lyrics with the word tender in them pretty much right after we recorded the last episode this past weekend. And what a tender offer is, is when a holder, and this can be sponsored by the company or it doesn't have to be, it can be a shareholder like Elon, he puts out a price and he says all shareholders of Twitter if you want to sell me your shares at this price, you can, you can agree to it. And if Elon does this, if he puts out a good enough price, then maybe a lot of shareholders will sell. Now, typically tender offers, they're done by the company because they've got a lot of money and they want to buy back shares. And it's a way to kind of accelerate a share buyback instead of doing it, you know, slowly but surely in the open market. It's not typically done the way Elon's doing it. So it's going to be really interesting to see if, he, if this plays out. And I think the what he's trying to go for is he's trying to get 50% of the company so he can have control. So that's one aspect. Another aspect is Elon and the, the entirety of Twitter now, they've noticed that the board really isn't that encouraged by Twitter. And they're not really... They don't have a lot of monetary value in Twitter. So this has been going around where most people on the board own very little shares. And something that Elon's been tweeting about is saying, how do we know this board really has the fiduci fiduciary duty of shareholders at their first priority if they only barely own the company? And so you have to ask yourself, is the board running Twitter to make the most money or are they running Twitter for some sort of ideological kind of way where they don't want free speech? And so I think Elon really is really trying to get at that angle. And TV has been putting out some great tweets about this. So there was one he was responding to um, this big venture capital uh, guy and this uh, Mark Andreessen. He was talking about how there's been a lot of censorship going on. 
And Elon responded to that tweet saying, extremely concerning. Who is pushing this censorship slash deplatforming? Very shadowy. So I think Elon is onto something. He probably knows a little bit more than he is letting out in the public, but it's good to have these types of tweets. And then uh, another one he had was that a social media platform's policies are good if the most extreme 10% on the left and right are equally unhappy. And that's totally right because we want to be supporting speech of all areas, the left, the right, anybody. And it's funny because I, you know, I listened to people. There's a New York Times writer this morning that was on CNBC talking about how he would be worried if there was a, a billionaire who owned a company because he could reorient the company to his own political view. And the irony is that that happened at Washington Post, the Jeff Bezos. That's happened at Bloomberg with Mike Bloomberg, Bloomberg Media specifically focuses on how Mike Bloomberg sees the world, Elon doesn't fit that category. Elon simply wants free speech. So we've gotten to a point where ideologically liberals have revealed themselves. And I mean, that's a key theme of the pod is liberals revealing themselves and not wanting uh, to not wanting us to know they've been revealed, but they've revealed themselves that they actually are anti-free speech. And so Eon exposing this already the win, but it would be so much better if he actually could buy Twitter. And hey, maybe he could even get Jack back on board because TV, Jack was tweeting out some pretty great stuff uh, the past couple of days. Yeah, Jack, I don't know what has gotten into him. Maybe getting out of the Twitter bubble has uh, wakened him up or I don't know what has happened, but he had some just absolutely great tweets calling out CNN. So Brian Stelter uh, specifically, um, he was, you know, it was a clip of Stelter uh, smearing Fox News for spreading misinformation and hate. And Jack responded um, something to the effect of like, uh, oh, yeah, because you're totally uh, spread, you know, spreading hope and, and information like something like that, something critical back at CNN. So that was fantastic. He also criticized Mark Benioff for uh, being up. You know, he, Mark Benioff was sending out tweets like, "Oh, we shouldn't have uh, someone with, with a lot of money and agenda owning our, our media." And Jack responded like, "Don't you own like magazines? Don't you know? Like, who, who are you to say this?" Uh, so that was fantastic. So it was a, it was a big battle between him and DeSantis about who was you know the more based of the two uh, this week. They were both just absolutely killing it. But it's great to see this new side of Jack. You know, I still have my complaints with him about how he handled the Hunter Biden story. That that censorship happened under his watch, and he still defends it to this day, which I don't love. But otherwise, it seems like he's become a lot more rational and a lot more, lot less woke. So I love this new evolution for him. Yeah, and, and I think what we've realized is, you know, if you go back a couple of years, I'm with you, the, the handling of the Hunter Biden story, Trump being banned, and a lot of conservatives in general being banned. I mean, there's a whole list of conservatives. Now, some would call them far right, but even the far right, I don't care. The far right, the far left. If you're not breaking the law, if you're not calling for violence, you should be on the public town square. So I didn't like that. And, and the conservatives didn't like that. But I think what we've realized is that 
was Jack really the one running the company? And I think slowly but surely we're, we're kind of figuring out he probably wasn't. So him pretty actively going against Twitter, even though he's still a major shareholder, and he may even still be on the board. I'm not sure. He he resigned from the board, but I'm not sure if that has taken place now or will take place later. I almost think he, he still might be on it, surprisingly enough. Um, so him, and regardless, even if he's not on it, but he, he recently was, recently was the CEO, him pretty aggressively distancing himself from Twitter. The implication here is that, yeah, actually, he wasn't the one making the calls. And, you know, we can relate this to, to Bitcoin as well, where Jack has, has said many a time that he wants to live the virtues of Bitcoin, which is this free and open monetary network. Uh, at one point, he was going to go to Africa for three, four months out of the year to spread this freedom of money across Africa. So the guy, I think, is very focused on freedom, um, at least in the Bitcoin sense, but I think in general – and what, what it turns out is maybe he was the guy preventing more censorship, as crazy as that sounds. And it's interesting, too, that he he seems to be contrasting himself with someone like Zuckerberg. Um, he'll take digs at him and shots at him. And he, he'll take shots at the Web3 guys that seem like they're they're more using Twitter as a vehicle to further their financial and, and further their whatever business they have. I mean, Jack is pretty consistent on, I had a vision for Twitter. He's communicating that that vision really wasn't ultimately fulfilled. And now he's, he's trying to change things more through Bitcoin and enabling that at Square. And um, I think he is now adding to his arsenal the ability to educate a lot of people on Twitter. Um, he's gone, you know, I love that he went after Stelter. He's had a back and forth with Joy Reid, which, uh, you know, that's a favorite of ours TV to rag on. So he, he's going after these pretty popular, pretty intense far left people. And I think Jack himself, he, he's got a lot of these far, far left and left followers from what he's done over his past several years. So I hope he's changing minds because we need to have kind of these these people out there on both sides, but particularly we got to have people on the left wake up too and say, whoa, hold up. The left's gone way too far. And may maybe free speech isn't this right wing thing. Maybe free speech actually supports America. And I think that's what Jack's trying to get across. And I, I think it probably will, will work to a certain degree because it's just going to shock people who before Jack said anything. I mean, they they're going to believe CNN and MSNBC and everything. And you know what? We, we need more people stopping watching CNN and saying, oh, I'm going to wake up and say that I don't think things are right here. And maybe there's a different direction for me to take in, in terms of where I'm getting my news and the media and kind of who who I'm listening to, to to tell me what's actually going on in the country. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's this type of this, these, these type of voices and commentary is needed. Like we need we need to go back to a, a state of normalcy. And we always talk about that. But um, as we can all see, we, we've moved in, society has moved in the direction that I don't think anyone's really comfortable with. It's very just divisive. It's very hateful. It kind of just makes you question, like, how can this country continue on in its current state? Like, it really makes you start wondering if like a civil war is brewing, because 
both sides truly hate each other. Um, mm. There's no denying it. And it, it, it's quite sad that that's the reality that we live in. And I, I truly believe social media is a major culprit of that. If, and, and in my opinion, actually, I think it's the number one uh, reason for it. So if you have someone like a Jack who founded and was the CEO of Twitter previously, uh, speaking out and saying these things and just being a, being objective and rational, maybe that will help people realize how crazy they've gone on either extreme and can say, all right, if he's if he's saying these things and, you know, maybe I need to reel it in. Um, so we, we need more of this type of speech. So I, I'm all for it. Um, TB, I, I think to, to finish it off here, we are recording this at seven o'clock on Wednesday night, Eastern time. Tesla had a good earnings. So Tesla is the company that would be uh, funding Elon's bid or at least the cash portion, whether Elon wants to borrow against his Tesla stake or he wants to sell some more of his Tesla stake. It's up 5% after hours that had a great earnings. And so maybe by the time we we uh, ha- get another pod to you, he'll have monetized something with the Tesla stake and he'll have control of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, that's such a great development. Um, it, it does seem like it's becoming more likely that he will uh, take over Twitter, which is which is really exciting. Um, again, not to, to repeat myself, but Twitter and Facebook, uh, those two have really caused a lot of division in this country. People feel comfortable hiding behind their keyboards and saying things that they would never say to, per- to someone in person. Um, and it's also easy when you can remove yourself from seeing someone physically where you can assume the worst things about them. Um, so, uh, you know, like I found that when I've met someone in person that I actually had like online debate with, you actually learn that this person's a human. They have feelings. They have a life experience. Um, they're good people. They just have a different idea of accomplishing a mutual goal. And that's really the only difference between you two. Um, then you can learn to respect that person, but you know, social media kind of removes that, that aspect. So, um, you know, having Elon take this over, I think I, I do believe and my prediction for what Twitter will become is I, I think that he's just going to turn it into kind of like a neutral playground where you're not going to see on Twitter where you see the, the trending topics that are perpetuating leftist views. I think it's just going to be the news now. Um, I think you're going to see that accounts like Libs of TikTok or Define L's or the Babylon Bee, they're no longer going to be getting suspended. If a story like Hunter Biden's laptop, which is true, goes out, you're not going to see uh, the media sources get suspended for that. I think you're just going to see a lot more truth uh, on the platform and just, just an objective playing field. And this is not me. I keep saying this criticism from the left. Oh, this is you just want to be able to say racial slurs now. And that's why you're excited about Elon taking over. That's not what we want at all. That's not what Elon wants. That's not what we want at all. That's such like a lazy criticism and argument. Um, you're really just kind of belittling our what people want in terms of free speech. You're just trying to assume the worst. That's not it at all. If there's racial slurs, absolutely shut that down. We always talk about common sense. There's a common sense about what is right and wrong, things that are hateful, incite, inciting violence. Of course, there's no place for that. That's, uh, you know, you, you absolutely can take that down. I think that's, a, you know, that's rational. But if you're taking things down where 
people are just sharing different view, like perspectives and uh, showing a conservative lens on something that shouldn't be shut down. Like you should be, you should be all for different types of speech. That's how people learn from one another. We always talk about the, the concept of a public square. That's how people would debate in ancient times. And uh, even now this should be an arena where people can share those ideas and people will decide for themselves, which is the right one or not. Um, so yeah, that's my prediction for, for Twitter. I think it's going to move into a version that we all hoped Twitter would be, and hopefully it will be that. Yeah, and, and really was in 2015, maybe. We didn't used to have the censorship, but unfortunately, I think what happened is the, the left realized that it was being utilized very well by Republicans and conservatives to get their views across. And what happened with, with Trump when he ran, they, they the, the campaign team of Trump used big tech unbelievably well, used big tech against big tech because they're all woke liberals um he used his those tools to reach people and so they essentially didn't allow him to use those tools when he ran in 2020 and i think it's it's the same thing here the conservatives have gotten messages across so well on twitter they've wanted to ban these big accounts that have done well and it goes back right to what we talked about at the beginning of the pod they want to ban they wanted that libs of tiktok creator to stop the account they wanted to pressure her to scare her. And why? Because libs of TikTok was incredibly effective. And ultimately, when when the left sees that things are that effective, they're going to try to get it shut down because they know when the truth is out there, they're going to lose the argument. And so they just try to make sure the truth can't be said. So TB, I, I think with that, I, I think we uh, this is a bit of a shorter one due to some time constraints, but I think we covered a, a pretty good amount there, and we uh, we may be back for you shortly, so we'll uh, we'll keep <laughs> you updated on on potential more wokeness going down. Yeah, um, uh, unfortunately, I did make a promise to to take my fiance out to dinner, so she'll kill me if I stay on for for too long. Um, and SBI, I enjoy doing this show with you, so. Uh, I'm going to live for another day and we'll, we'll, we'll record the next one probably tomorrow. Uh, but uh, we, we actually have still, I'm looking at our list of topics to cover. We still have quite a bit to get through. It's enough for an, a, another episode. So I'm pumped to, to do this. Um, I'll be away this weekend, which is why we're going to have to uh, record tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, look, if, if you, again, if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll see that Nothing that we say is based on any hate for anyone, any judgment of people. Um, it, we All we do is advocate for common sense. And we, we stick on that theme across the variety of topics that we, we, uh, we approach on this show. And nothing has changed there. We're going to continue to take that approach. Um, and, you know, it, it, I think this message has really resonated with, with our fans. And, um, you know, we're always going to be real with you. There's going to be times where we say things that aren't, that aren't right and we actually are going to be in one of our future episodes we're going to do a little hot take corner where we're going to uh make fun of ourselves for things that we got wrong um like like sb said before we're just normal guys and we don't pretend to be anything otherwise um but you're going to hear our authentic reactions to things which is why i love doing this show um so yeah sb i'm i'm pumped to do this next one because looking at the topics uh these are also really really fire uh topics and we also have our next batch of weekly antidotes to share with everyone. 
Yeah, that was that was a very well received uh, new segment. We got a lot of comments on people enjoying it. So, look, we'll we'll come. We don't we don't want to only be talking that wokeness is bad, right? Like this is fun to do, but we also got to sometimes relax, separate from the wokeness, and enjoy some creative passions that aren't actually woke. So we did it last week. We got good feedback, and uh, we'll do it again soon. So. Yeah, I think with that, we'll we'll close it. And I think uh, TB and I, I think we'll see you guys pretty soon. So hopefully uh, nothing too crazy happens over the next 24 hours and you guys stay safe out there and, and not, not woke. <laughs> Cheers, everyone.